You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. It's good to be here with you guys today. I'm excited as we tackle today. I got a little dizzy. I was oh, shaking. Man. I was shaking my head you're a lot. Shake, oh, you're shaking up. I'm All right. Good. All right. He's Sorry. good. He's good. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, me and Ben uh, we're currently mourning. Yes. No, we we're are in deep mourning. I mean, it was it was in this room. It was in it this room. It was, and uh, fortunately, the uh, the Knicks uh, they lost last night. But it's okay because they have 81 more games. Right, no, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. It was uh, tough, though. Celtics were coming for you. We'll see you in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll, we'll knock you that. right out of that thing. You'll be, you'll be going right home. <laughs> anyway, uh, that that's just has nothing to do with the podcast today. Um, uh, today I'm going to be talking about should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Uh it's that time of the time of year. Everybody asks that question all the time, and I'll get into it in just a little bit. Cool, but cool. now it is time to... Rate that Oreo. Come on now, Ben, what do we got today? We got a good one. Like, we were were just talking, this one can't be bad. This is a chocolate peanut butter pie Oreo. So, before, sorry to cut you off, but I just need to say this. Uh, In some ways, I'm actually more excited about this than I would have been about a s'mores Oreo, and here's why. Because you haven't had it? Yeah, and it it just sounds really fun. And uh, why don't you give us just a little bit of a description, like like on the. So uh, it is, it has a graham flavored cookie, peanut butter, and chocolate flavor cream. Yeah. Graham cracker cookie or graham flavored cookie. Peanut butter chocolate. I mean, what's the the better combination? Yeah, I mean, like. Maybe peanut butter jelly? Unless the peanut butter is absolute like trash, yeah, no, it's gonna be really good. I mean, it has to be. I'm I'm gonna just estimate right now that I'm gonna end up giving this a nine out of ten. Yeah, I, I think right around nine is probably where it's gonna land. I love graham cracker flavored things, so I'm excited for I'm excited for this. All right, graham crackers are great. Does anybody else just eat graham crackers by themselves sometimes? All the time. Yeah, I was told that that's a thing that a child does. Listen, so I was insulted. We, we get uh, s'more stuff at Impact in the summer, and I'll go out to, to clean it up, Yeah, and there'll just be like an open thing of graham crackers. You're finishing them off. Yeah, Why not? Low calorie too, kind oh, of. Pretty yeah. good. All right, here we go. 130 calories for two sheets. I lift every day. <laughs> hey, now. Come Woo! on, son. Whoa. Come on, son. Come on, son. That smells like a good time. Woo! There's a party in my... Oh, there's no oh, way this is going to yeah. be bad, dude. It smells good. I'm excited because all the ones we've had have been bad yeah. so far. Oh, man. And it's like the filling is so thick. Oh, oh, let's go. Oh, man, I feel like Chris Collinsworth right now. Here we go. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Affirmative. Yeah. You think we can just, like, kill the camera for a second so we can just, like, chow down? For a little? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, the peanut butter chocolate pie Oreo. Mm. I mean, you just can't say enough about it. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's really good. Wow, that's really good. Wow. I'm having a wow with the father. Dude. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. 
Yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. Dude, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, man. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow, that's really good. And you even like, it is not just chocolate peanut butter. It is chocolate peanut butter pie. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, no, you get the gram, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, what are we doing? Oh, man. Oh, Whoa. wow. This is going to be, this is going to be kind of tough. All right. Man. First question that... If you can't tell by, you know, our reaction. It's are really we eating? Bad. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty mid. No. Are we eating? Dude, I'm eating like a sleeve. Dude, See I'm eating a sleeve. Too. Like, I'm not even going to hold you guys. Usually after we get off the potty. That sounds really interesting, actually. <laughs> um, but <laughs> after, after we get off the podcast, we... Yeah. we um. Normally, don't eat another one. Like no, we rare. haven't. We haven't really, you know, wanted to. I think I've eaten another one when I get off. No I think I might eat another it. like two or three. <laughs> like it's it's really good. That's really good, man. So yeah, um, what are you giving it? Or should we like, man? All right, let's ask you this: Is it better than a regular Oreo? See, that's the question that internally I'm just you know struggling. It with was right like now. it was like one of those things where like you were looking forward to, but you also weren't because you just knew how hard it would be to be able to answer that question. I'm a huge peanut butter guy. Let's let's say it on three. What we both think if it's regular better than a regular Oreo. Ready? Okay. All right. One, two, three. Yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, man. I think it is. You said it too. <laughs> dude, I, I thought he was going to, I wasn't sure he was going to go. Oh, no. that's oh, so man. tough. It's so, it, it is, it is so, it, it is so close. But if you said to me like. Oh my goodness. Here's the thing. Graham cracker is my jam, bro. Like I love graham cracker. <sighs> it is better than a regular Oreo. And I think that this is the first 10 on rate that Oreo. It is that good, man. Listen, I can't disagree at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's phenomenal. It's awesome. You need to get to the store and find some chocolate peanut butter pie um, Oreos. Um, if you don't like chocolate or peanut butter or graham cracker or one of those things, then obviously you're going to feel right. differently than we do. But if you're um, like normal. No, I'm just playing. Who doesn't like <laughs> peanut butter? Like I know some people that don't. I'm concerned for those people. I really know people that don't. I'll be honest with you. Like I've been telling you, obviously, maybe not like after this uh, podcast over, but like I've been eating a little cleaner lately. Yeah. I have some natural peanut butter at home. Yeah. And the other day, like I was wanting to eat something a little bit like, you know, savory, but like yeah. also a little sweet. Yeah. And so I had, I had like uh like two tablespoons of peanut butter, like real quick. And it's like, it's, it's healthy. It's like, Easy. it's high in fat, but good fat, you yep. know? And I loved it. But anyway, we're not talking about peanut butter right now, but Get to the store and find yourself some chocolate, peanut butter pie, Oreos. Ben, great choice. Do what you got to do. Wow, that was good. Do what you got to do. Drive 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's really worth it. 30, 40. No, I'm just, all right, we might get a little <laughs> crazy now. Anyway, right. well, that's it for Rate That Oreo. Oh, yeah. See you next time. Good, good. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to the Uncanceled podcast today. That's right. You can't cancel me, fool. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, people might try, but nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Amen. You might be able to cancel me, but you can't cancel God's word. Um, uh, today, we're talking about should Christians celebrate Hall Halloween? This is a really loaded question, actually. Um, 
There's a lot to be discussed, and I would almost say that maybe uh, there's more to be discussed than I even have time to be able to discuss today uh, because it, it really is a loaded question. I know that we might seem like it's black and white to a lot of things, but there are some uh, things to talk about when it comes to Halloween. I actually, well, actually, I, I won't go there yet. But let's start here. Halloween has become more and more popular in our culture. Let me give you revenue examples. I'll Shark Tank you. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because uh, if you watch Shark Tank, which I don't know if any teenager really enjoys Shark Tank like that, uh, but um, I thought it was great even when I was in high school. But I'm about to give you the numbers. I'm about, I'm about to Mr. Wonderful you right here. He loves, he loves the numbers. Um, but there were $12 billion spent in America on Halloween uh, last year. That is in comparison to uh, just a couple years prior, $4 billion that were spent on Halloween. So it has uh, more than doubled uh, in, in revenue in just recent years. And I'll make you laugh on this. A billion dollars of that $12 billion number were spent on costumes for pets. I just don't like that, okay? I feel like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, We'll get into costumes and stuff, but like, <coughs> really? For your pets? I, all right, hear me out. I feel like, okay, you want to put like a sweater on your dog or whatever, like fine. But like, people spend like top dollar stuff for their, it's like Louis Vuitton, like like dog sweater. It's like, seriously? Like, like really? Anyway, nonetheless, we're really not talking about that right now. I could I could go on that. I, I I think it's annoying when people love your dog, but like anyway, I just anyway, we're not talking about dogs right now. Let's go to the next thing. What are the origins of Halloween? What are the origins of Halloween, right? Because whenever we have this conversation, you gotta talk about the origins of something. Let's start, let me say this first and foremost. This is not an all-encompassing answer, okay? This is not an all-encompassing uh, answer. Sorry, I'm fiddling with my mic here. This is not an all-encompassing answer. I'm going to straighten this out. I'm almost there. Yes, I did it. Great work by me. Me. Uh, but uh, is this is not an all-encompassing answer, but this goes back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. Now, you probably have never heard of that before unless you've studied like Halloween, like you're a Halloweenologist or whatever, I don't even know. But the, it, it goes back to the Celtic festival of Samhain. Uh, Samhain is not even spelled at all how you think it would be spelled. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, Samhain. Um, and there were sacrifices made to gods, and the main god was the god of death being Samhain. And so Samhain is the god of death uh, in this Celtic culture. And they basically believed that uh, evil spirits during this time uh, or during this festival would go throughout the world. And these evil spirits, they would uh, go throughout the world and they'd attack people and play evil tricks on people. So basically they'd offer these sacrifices, the evil spirits would all go around and they believed that, and they, they believed this by the way, I'm not saying it happens. They believed that this is what would happen and that they would go, these evil spirits, they believed and play tricks on people, evil tricks on people. Um, 
not just like got your nose. Uh, the, so these evil spirits went around and they looked to attack people. And to avoid getting attacked by these spirits, people would wear disguises. They would wear disguises to be able to uh, not have the spirits be able to recognize them. And so they figured that they would not only just wear disguises, but they actually would dress up like evil things so that they were mistaken by the evil spirits as another evil spirit. Again, let me be clear. I'm not saying this happened. I'm saying this is what uh, the Celtic people believed. And so they'd wear these evil disguises and they would dress up as them so that the spirits would mistakenly identify them as another evil spirit and not play a trick on them. Uh, this is where the idea of trick or treat comes from. The fact that these evil spirits would go and play these evil tricks on people as they believed. <coughs> so to this day, costumes that are most popular on Halloween. These are the most popular costumes on Halloween. Witches, demons, the devil, skeletons, vampires, zombies, and evil things such as that. So even to this day, we see that our culture um, still has elements of what these Celtic people se uh, celebrated on the festival of Samhain, and they still wear these evil um, costumes, uh, people dressing as the devil and such like that. The ancient priests of the Celtic religion would practice things such as divination, sorcery, human sacrifice, trying to contact spirits of the dead. Now, what does the Bible have to say about divination, sorcery, human sacrifice, etc.? Well, I'll tell you this. The Bible doesn't have a lot of good stuff to say about that. Um, go to Deuteronomy chapter 18. And uh, before you turn me off, uh, if you're like a Halloween like enthusiast, like you're just like you're a Christian, but you're like, I love Halloween, man, love this time of year. Hear me out throughout this entire thing, because I think you actually I think even if you're whether you're in favor of Halloween or not in favor of Halloween as a Christian, you actually may be surprised by some of the takes that I have here uh, that I believe are, are uh, rooted in, in scripture um, and, and understanding from the Bible. Deuteronomy 18 Nine, it says, when you enter the land your Lord God is giving you, be careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering. Okay, so child sacrifice, that's a big no, thank God. Um, well, I thought that, that God told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Yeah, he did, but he never planned to have Abraham go through with it. In fact, the reason, one of the reasons why God had Abraham uh, uh, told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac was a couple of things was first God actually wanted to show Abraham that he wasn't like the pagan gods and so he actually stopped Abraham from doing the sacrifice to show Abraham that I am not like the other gods the reason he did this is because Abraham uh, was a polytheistic uh, worshiper for a little while um, and so he was a polytheistic worshiper for a little while and God wanted to show him uh, that that he was different than all the other gods and that he was the one and only true God. It also was a typology of Christ as well. But notice how God did not actually let Abraham go through with the sacrifice because God opposes child sacrifice. Anyway, quick note on that. I didn't plan to say that, but I figured somebody might be thinking it. It says, and do not let your people practice fortune telling. Okay, so that's a no. Or use sorcery. Okay, sorcery is a no. Or interpret omens or engage, uh, engage in witchcraft. Okay, that's a no. 
Don't cast spells or function or uh, or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Okay, I think it's pretty clear that witchcraft, sorcery, all that stuff is not of God. In fact, so I know what somebody might be thinking because there's always somebody that thinks this type of thing. And even if it's sometimes it's not being uh, out of a critical sense, it's just really asking this question. They think, well, that's an Old Testament commandment. How do we know that that remains in the New Testament? Something to understand is that there's three different types of law. There's... um. Uh, moral law, civil law, and ceremonial law. I'm not going to get deep into this, but just know this moral law uh, remains forever uh, and and doesn't change uh, at all. Um, And and I'm not going to get into that any more than that. I I, I don't have time to be able to do so. But uh, in Galatians 5, Verse 19, it's really not even necessary that I read this passage. That that passage before should have been enough, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, uh, selfish ambition, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Notice how it says idolatry, sorcery. Again, sorcery is mentioned as not of God. In Acts chapter 19, verse 19, I won't turn there, but it actually tells us that when the, that the people in the church, that they decided to burn their witchcraft books, um, that cost, uh, that cost a, a ton of money, uh, to be able to have, but why'd they burn it? They burned it because they knew it wasn't of God. And that's in Acts 19 verse 19. So clearly we should not participate in anything pertaining to these practices. However, and this is not an all encompassing answer to whether or not a Christian should celebrate Halloween. Because we have to ask ourselves this question. Do people even practice those things on Halloween anymore? Because yeah, that was the Celtic culture that did that. And that's yeah, where Halloween is rooted out of. But do people even practice these things anymore on Halloween? Let's start here. Many satanic worshipers and people who practice Wicca, which is basically like warlocks and witches and such, participate in these things on Halloween. So they still do these things on Halloween. In fact, Halloween is considered to be, and I want to make this a point to say this so nobody can take a clip out of context of me, so I'm going to repeat this again. Halloween is considered to be, by people who practice Wicca and satanic worship, a sacred holiday. Okay, so that that that's that's considered it is the uh, equivalent to satanic and Wicca worshipers of resurrection of the resurrection of Christ that is celebrated by Christians. That's what Halloween is compared to in uh, in uh, satanic and Wicca circles. It is like it is their satanic and Wicca worshipers. It is their holy and sacred day. That's what it is. So it is still widely understood to be a day um, of celebration for those uh, groups of people. Advocates of Wicca believe that on October 31st, that the separation of physical and spiritual realities is at its thinnest and least guarded. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that in a second too. I don't want you guys to think that, well, I'll get there. Just hold tight. Satan worshipers will attempt to cast spells on the church and on Christians on Halloween. 
Um, how do, how do we know this? We know this from people that uh, are, are in those circles that literally outright say these types of things. Now let's answer this question. Should this affect a Christian? To be honest with you, I really don't give a rip what Satan worshipers have to say about what they're trying to do on Halloween. I really don't care. Like it, it really makes no difference to me. And I really don't, I, I don't give a rip as a child of God that Satan worshipers are trying to cast spells on Halloween. And oh man, you know, brother, you know, the spiritual warfare is crazy out there today. I mean, it's October 31st. Can you feel the warfare out there? You know, you better be careful. Be careful of what? What as a child of God do I have to be careful about? One thing I hate about Christianity in, in the context of Halloween, actually, I, don't, I shouldn't say hate about Christianity because it's not real Christianity uh, that, is, is, that propagates this. This is religious Christianity, and these are Christians within Christianity that do crazy things. So one thing that I hate uh, that Christians do is they fear monger around Halloween. Be careful of the warfare. They're going to get you. Who's going to get me? Oh, they're casting the spells. We better be careful. We should all go in our house and pray in tongues today for a really long time. That's what Pentecostal Christians would do. Or, you know, be careful. You know, there's a lot of warfare. We have to get the flags out and start waving them around our, our house because we don't want the spirits to get in here. That's fear-mongering. That's, that's and, and, and honestly, that, that's a load of poop. That's what that is. It is just nonsense. And here's why. Satan worshipers may say that the spiritual realms are at the thinnest and try to cast spells on the church and all that stuff. But if I'm walking in the Lord, with the Lord, it's completely irrelevant to me. It really doesn't matter what all the Satan worshipers are doing. Also, that, Okay, you great. They're doing their thing. Obviously, I, I, again, I don't mean great in a sense that, yes, awesome. I'm so excited they're doing that. I mean, whatever. They're doing their thing over there. It's not of God. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an evil and wicked and vile thing against our Lord. We know that, them trying to do all those rituals and, and, and such, but it does not affect me as a child of God. Go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, or verse 1. We're going to start in verse 1. 1 John 4, it says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has, has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. All right, so this text right here, it's talking about false prophets, but it mentions, you know, the spirit, of, uh, you know, this, that person has a spirit of, of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Okay. And so the Bible goes on to say, you should be very afraid of the spirit of the Antichrist and lock yourself in your room until the spirit of the, Ant oh, it doesn't say that at all, does it? It says in 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God, but you belong to God. So, my dear children, you have already won a victory over these, those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. In other words, okay, they have a spirit of the Antichrist. Okay, they have, you know, they have a demonic spirit about them. Okay, 
but you belong to God, is what John says. Okay, so I belong to God. Amen. I belong to God. And so the, the Bible then goes on to say, greater is he that lives uh, lives in me than he uh, that is in the world. So greater is the spirit of God than the spirit of the devil. So guess what? Okay, they're practicing all those things on Halloween, but it doesn't have to affect me because I have the spirit of God on the inside of me. I don't need to walk around in fear all day. Oh, I hope that somebody doesn't cast a spell on me. Cast it. It ain't going to do anything because I have the spirit of God on the inside of me and I walk in right relationship with the Lord. And so there's a protection that I have in God. It doesn't have to affect you. It doesn't have to affect you because, because the spirit of God is on the inside of you. It doesn't have to affect you. You don't have to be concerned about what everybody else is trying to do. do. You have to understand you're the person of God. You're the one with the authority. Somebody, I cast this spell on you. In the name of Jesus, shut your mouth. Don't you know that the Bible says about, about God's children that he'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you? That's in regard to God is talking to, uh, talking to Abraham about Israel. But don't you understand that we are God's children? Don't you understand that? You don't have to worry about what everybody else, you, you know, is, is trying to do with you with that. I found that many people, many Christians who go crazy about, you know, warfare and evil spirits getting in Christians on Halloween are many times Christians who believe that, uh, that a Christian can be demon possessed. And th- that's also incorrect Bible doctrine. And, and you can watch my teaching on that. I have a teaching called, can a Christian be demon possessed? Short answer, no. I know what somebody's thinking right now. Well, Pastor Joey, people who are demon worshipers say that, you know, they cast spells on that. Again, I don't care. Okay, they can say whatever they want to say. Well, it's the thinnest, you know, the demon worshipers, we feel like the, the spiritual, it's the thinnest point. Okay, but what does the Bible say? That's, okay, demon worshipers are saying that, but last time I checked, I don't listen to what demon worshipers have to say. I listen to what the word of God has to say. I do. Now, I I do realize that, you know, they might say things sometimes that we can maybe, you know, pick up on how they think. But what I'm saying is if they could say whatever they want, they don't have the spirit of Christ on the inside of them. I'm going to listen to what the word of God has to say. Uh, I do understand this, that the Bible does say this, to not give a foothold to the devil to not give a foothold to the devil. I do understand that as well. And so when it comes to, you know, Halloween and stuff, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so I don't want to, you know, uh, I, I want you to understand that, yeah, I real, you know, those things can't come at me. They can't follow me. Obviously, though, I can't give a foothold to the devil. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, because if I give a football, a, a foothold to the devil, uh, you know, I could be, you know, open, opening myself up to, you know, uh, oppression and such and such like that. And if I walk away from my salvation, I could be opening myself up to possession. But anyway, if I'm walking with the Lord, I don't need to be afraid. Because the Bible says in Psalm 91, verse one through two, it says that he that dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If I if I live in, in right uh, under the shelter of God, if I abide in the shelter of God, nothing can harm me. Nothing can harm me. The Bible also says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So I don't need to have a spirit of fear during Halloween. 
To be honest with you, I honestly forgot it was Halloween season until like, I don't even remember when. People always ask me, you know, should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Maybe it was then. I don't really care. Like, okay. Uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be like a huge deal type of thing. Like, okay, it's Halloween. Like, cool. Um, Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20 also tells us Jesus gave his disciples, uh, all authority over every evil spirit. You could read that text and fact check me on that, but he did. Uh, and then Jesus goes on to say, don't rejoice because, you know, you can cast out demons. Rejoice because your name is registered in heaven. And I think that that's such a profound statement because many times we uh, rejoice over the power that, that that we have in Christ. And obviously I'm thankful for that and such. But Jesus' point in, in that is, you know, don't get conceited in the power that you have. Be thankful that your names are registered in heaven, that that's the most important thing. But I have all authority over the devil in Christ. I do. So, so, you know, should this affect a Christian that, you know, there's, you know, people casting spells and stuff, it really, it, it really ultimately should not matter to a Christian, should not matter. So should a Christian celebrate Halloween? I've been get, been just talking about stuff that's important to set this foundation. I can't just yes or no this thing. Let me just start here with this. There's not much to celebrate. There's not much to celebrate. What the holiday is, it, it it never switched at any point to celebrating anything else. It it really is just like, you know, get some candy, whatever. Like you know, nobody nobody ever really switched it from its roots. On in all honestly, in all honesty, but I still am not giving a yes or no yet. I'm not giving a yes or no yet. I'm gonna get there in a second. 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 24. It's funny. Like one minute, it sounds like I'm about to tell everybody to go celebrate Halloween. The next minute, it sounds like I'm going to tell uh, uh, everybody um, uh, that's of the devil to celebrate it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. This is going to seem like, by the way, just a warning, this is going to seem like it has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but it does, and I'll prove it in a second. Paul says uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I'm saying is true. Now, something people will contend with is, Paul is, you know, what is Paul not saying that this is the word of God, what he has to say? No, what Paul is basically saying is, he he's saying what I'm saying is true, and you're going to be able to use reason to figure out that what I'm saying is true. Um, verse 16, when we bless the cup of the, at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all shall eat, or we all eat from one loaf of bread. I, I went King James for no reason. Showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the Lord's from the uh, the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What do you dare uh, to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than He is? You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Okay, let's break this down. 
Uh, actually, I'll read this last verse too. Why not? Do, don't be concerned for your own good, but, but for the good of others. Okay. <clears throat> there was a debate in the Corinthian church of whether or not they should eat in the banquet halls of idols. And so there would be these big banquet halls with these great feasts in, uh, in these halls of idols. And these uh, were places that were basically dedicated to worshiping pagan idols. And worshiping idols is obviously completely demonic. We know that. And Paul's conclusion on whether or not we should eat in a banquet hall that's dedicated to idols is don't participate with demons. That's what he says in verse 20. He says, don't participate in demons. It is unacceptable, in other words, for a Christian to go to a place that practices worship to idols and fellowship there. And that's what eating was at that time. It was a place of fellowship. And so Christians were going there and fellowshipping in these halls of idols. And Paul is saying, absolutely not. You're not allowed to go and do that. That, that, is, that is prohibited. You are fellowshipping in a hall of demons is what Paul says. So he says that's unacceptable. So a Christian without question should not participate in, in, uh, in anything that celebrates the, or that, um, that, that uh, propagates uh, demonic things. Okay, but watch, I'm going to continue. Go to verse 25. So you, uh, you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited to, uh, by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay, let me explain what, what Paul's saying now. Paul is saying the other issue was, other than actually dining in the, in the uh, places uh, of uh, idol worship, uh, the other issue was some of the meat that was sold in the marketplace was offered to idols. In fact, much of it was. And so the question came down to, should you eat meat if it's been offered to an idol? And the apostle Paul clearly tells us, yes, that's fine. You can eat meat if it's offered to idols. However, if another brother or sister in the Lord has a weak conscience about the fact that it was offered to an idol, then out of consideration for them, you should not eat the meat that was offered to the idol in front of them. That's what the apostle Paul is saying. But he's saying there is nothing wrong with eating meat that is sacrificed to idols. That's basically the conclusion that the apostle Paul brings to, but he says it's absolutely unacceptable to eat in a place of fellowship or in a place of fellowship toward an idol. Okay? So, how does this affect celebrating Halloween? Again, I know, again, it's taken a long time to get here, but it's necessary. On Halloween, or any day, in fact, as a Christian, if there's any type of witchcraft, sorcery, or any of that nonsense taking place, this is an absolute no. That is, that is um, fellowshipping in a place that is of the devil. Uh, that, that is completely unacceptable. The Apostle Paul says you should not even eat in a place like that. That is... Um, that is uh, a place of, of the devil. 
Uh, so witchcraft, sorcery, also, if any of that's going on at a Halloween party or you're, you're, you know, participating in Ouija boards and stuff that not only on Halloween, but every single day of the year for the rest of your life is absolutely unacceptable as a Christian. It's very clear in the scripture. Well, let me ask you this. Can I trick or treat if none of that stuff is happening? And this is where we start to kind of get into a gray area where the Bible doesn't clearly tell us whether or not we can trick or treat or not. The founder of the Church of Satan said this, that dressing up is the equivalent of worshiping the devil. He said, I'm glad for every Christian parent that lets their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. This is the founder of the Church of Satan that said this. Now, I don't base my life choices on what the founder of the Church of Satan says. I just don't. I, okay, that's what, that, that's what he's saying. But watch this. However, I do think that there's something to be said about in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, the Bible says to stay away from the appearance of evil. If it can appear that by me trick-or-treating, I am worshiping the devil, then I would rather refrain from it than participate in it. Now, note, I want to say this. Um, I do not think if someone trick-or-treats that they are worshiping the devil. I do not think it is an automatic, if you trick or treat, you're worshiping the devil right now. I think that's a little bit of an extreme take. People are going around, they're getting candy. Yeah, they're dressing up in costumes. What's that rooted in? It's rooted in the fact that people, you know, were trying to disguise themselves from the evil spirits. I know all that stuff. I get it and I understand it. However, I do think it would be a wise choice for a Christian to refrain from trick or treating. I do not trick or treat. I do not think it's a good, I don't think it's a great idea. However, if somebody did trick-or-treat, I would not call it blatant sin to, to be trick-or-treating because I don't think that I can make a case for that uh, in the scripture that's blatant sin. I know some people take the stance that, you know, you're participating in, in the devil and stuff and, and all that and, and everything. And again, I want to make myself clear. My stance is I do not think it is a good idea to trick-or-treat on Halloween. It is not something I do. My kids will not be trick-or-treating on Halloween. I don't think it's a good appearance to, to people to participate in trick-or-treating on Halloween. I just don't. I don't think it's a good idea. If someone does it, though, I wouldn't, per se, kick them out of my church. I wouldn't be, oh, you can't, you know, you're, you're, you're not allowed in my church. May you worship the devil. I think that's a little extreme. And what I've heard a lot, because I've listened to people, is I've heard people take one of two stances. They either say Halloween is completely of the devil, and if you do anything, if you even eat the candy on Halloween, it's, it's, it's like of the devil. Or the other extreme, that it's totally fine and you can just do whatever on Halloween, uh, even in Christian circles. And by do whatever, they obviously don't mean witchcraft and, and, and stuff like that. But they mean, you know, you know whatever, like it's just, it's just whatever. But let me ask, so let me ask this question now. Can I eat the candy around Halloween? People have said before that the candy around Halloween, that many of the witches, they'll go into stores and they'll cast spells on the candy and they'll blah, 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 whatever. Yes, you can eat the candy on Halloween, biblically speaking. Why can I make a case for that? How could you say that for sure, Pastor Joey? If you can eat food that was sacrificed to idols, and Paul said that that was okay in the text that I just read, you could eat the candy that was uh, on Halloween. You're not going to catch an evil spirit by eating a Snickers. You open a Snickers candy bar and, and, oh, the demon entered me through the Snickers. No, that's not what's going to happen because the spirit of God is on the inside of me. 
And it's not like they're they're advertising, you know, like, you know, even if they were, I mean, but like, like, you know, uh, demon filled Snickers, like, you know, it's no, nobody's saying that. Okay, you know, they're, they're going around, you know, I curse these Snickers. Okay, try to curse me all you want because God has blessed me. And you can't curse what God has blessed. And so, you know, uh, I, yeah, you can eat the candy on Halloween. However, let me say this in fairness to the scripture. If someone feels that eating candy on Halloween is of the devil and you're with them, you should not encourage them to eat the candy on Halloween, nor should you eat the candy around them. Why? Because in this text that we just read, you said that you shouldn't eat meat sacrificed to idols in front of people who have a weak conscience. Now, Paul makes it clear there's nothing wrong with it. And if they get that revelation from the scripture and you even, you could show them in the scripture, this is why I think it's okay to be able to eat it and they don't feel a conviction about it anymore, then that's fine. But you don't want to cause your brother or sister in the Lord to stumble uh, with that. However, yes, you can eat the candy around Halloween. There's really nothing wrong with it. Uh, I'll eat some candy around Halloween, man. I I, I don't think there, it's it's a big deal uh, at all. I don't think it matters. I think it's very extreme to say that you can't eat the candy around Halloween. Lastly, should I give out candy on Halloween? There's really no clear answer to this either, but I'll tell you this. Me and my wife give out candy on Halloween, uh, and here's why. Um, we give out candy and we actually attach invites to our youth group um, on the candy bars. We actually get the good candy. We get the full-size candy bars and we tape um, we tape uh, impact invites uh, to uh, uh, on the candy bars. And th- one of the reasons why I feel this way uh, personally, and again, this is my personal thing. If you don't hand out candy on Halloween, you know, whatever, like if you think that that's participating in devil worship or whatever, that's your conviction. You know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, to, to not do that, but I don't want people to, uh, on my street to grow up knowing that the pastor down there uh, or that guy down there is a pastor. And, you know, he, you know, Christians are just these rude, pious people and, you know, they won't even give us candy on Halloween and, and stuff like that. It's, and, you know, it's terrible. These people are of the world. They have no idea about the things of God whatsoever. And if I can give them a piece of candy and that has an invitation to church and perhaps they might come to my youth group on it, I don't find it to be a big deal to be able to do that. That's again, I'm giving you my opinion on this right now, on, on this, on this topic. If you feel differently, you know, Okay. Um, I'll get to my conclusion in a second, but here's a question that needs to be answered. Again, I said that I do not think, first off, I don't think that it should be a quote unquote celebration. If you are celebrating Halloween, like you're like excited about the wickedness that's going to happen. That's absolutely like unacceptable. There should be no participation in, you know, witchcraft, but I don't think that you should trick her. I, I don't think it's a good idea to trick or treat. I, I would refrain from that personally. And I think that that's a good idea for Christians to refrain from that as well. But you have to ask this question. Why is Christmas or Easter any different? You do need to ask, answer this question. Here's why. It is fair to point out that Christmas and Easter were originally pagan holidays. They were. People think they were originally Christian holidays. Unfortunately, no, they were not. They were pagan holidays. They were celebrated by non-Christian people. And we do many customary things around Christmas uh, or uh, customs around Christmas that are not Christian in root such as we have Christmas trees in our homes and we do Easter egg hunts and all this different type of stuff. And, uh, you know, Christians, they came along 
uh, with Easter and Christmas, and they basically made them into Christian celebrations. Now, something to understand about Easter is, is that it's my understanding that Christ really did die around that time of year. Um, but with Christmas, Christ was not actually born in December. He was not born in December. So Christians came along and made those holidays, basically Christian holidays. And they, in fact, they actually even took some of the Christian, um, uh, some of the pagan traditions, such as trees and Easter eggs, and they actually made them Christian. They made them Christian and made them Christian traditions. And they, and uh, such as a tree in a house, you have uh, some people, you know, have like, you know, they, they Christians say it represents like different things, and I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, again, but that's not what they were rooted in. That's not what they were rooted in. But Christians came along and they made them honor Christ. These traditions. Here's the difference. Christmas and Easter are different than Halloween for a couple reasons. First, because pagan practices are not celebrated the same on Christmas and Easter as they are on Halloween. The pagan practices that were rooted in Halloween are still celebrated and active, active today. Not on, not on Christmas and Easter. People even think Christmas and Easter are Christian holidays. Where do people go to church on Christmas and Easter? Or where do people go on Christmas and Easter? They go to church. We call them CEOs, Christmas, Easter only. They literally will come out to church just on Christmas and Easter because they consider them holy holidays. The cultural dynamic of Christmas and Easter is completely different than Halloween. Everybody looks at Christmas and Easter as Christian holidays, like most people. The only people that may not are sometimes people in the church will be like, well, they're rooted in paganism and stuff like that. The, the reality is, is that, is that they are looked at as Christian holidays at this point. Halloween is by no means looked at by anybody a Christian holiday whatsoever. Second, Christmas and Easter is celebrating Christ. At this point, that's what Christians are celebrating. They're celebrating the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Halloween by no means is celebrating either of those things. You're not celebrating anything about Christ on ha- uh, uh, Halloween or anything that is good like, like Christ, even like when you watch kids cartoons, you know, around this time of year, I remember when I was a kid, you turn on Nickelodeon and you know, they have, you know, spooky and ghosts and everyone's getting afraid and scary and stuff. Those are not things that Christians celebrate being afraid. Even Thanksgiving, it's a time to be thankful. It comes back to the roots of our country being founded and, you know, being thankful. That is a thing that is a Christian quality and characteristic. Halloween does not have Christian quality and characteristic in the main thing that people promote, which is spookiness and fear and all those things. So I would argue that they are different, those two things. I understand, you know, the similarity that they both were rooted in paganism. Uh, but I do think that there is a difference. And perhaps when Christmas comes around, I'll, I'll do, you know, a, a teaching on, you know, should, should Christians, you know, celebrate Christmas traditions? You know, I'll, I'll do a, uh, something on that. But I'm going to conclude here. I do think that Halloween is very much blown out of proportion by many Christians. Uh, they think it's like, you know, like that day of the year is like, you know, like the devil's day and, you know, uh, it's the devil's day and, you know, you know, we just can't really do anything on that day. And, you know, the, the, all the, you know, the devil takes over on Halloween. No, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And not the practices, but the day we can still honor the Lord with that day. The enemy's been defeated. It's, it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, like this big spiritual warfare out there. You, you, devil's already defeated. You have victory in Christ. However, I do not think it's best for Christians to be uh, involved in the festivities of, of Halloween based on just simply the appearance of it 
It doesn't look good. I don't think I, I don't think it's a good idea to trick or treat. Uh, I don't think you know that there should be you know, uh, you know all that type of stuff going on on Halloween that Christians should participate in. Uh, it's a hundred percent fact that a Christian, this is a non-negotiable, that anything to do with witchcraft or haunted trails or any of that nonsense, that, that a Christian should be nowhere near that. That's like a, that's like a no-brainer question uh, of if a Christian should be involved in that stuff. Um, yeah, just don't do any sort of witchcraft. Don't go into places that up, uh, uplift uh, Satan or witchcraft um, because those are the things that I could say are distinctly sin. Uh, I cannot distinctly tell you that tr- trick-or-treating is sin, but again, uh, I would say, uh, you know, I think it'd be best to stay away from the appearance of evil with that one. So I hope that this teaching helps somebody out there uh, that, uh, you know, whether you're in my youth ministry or not, uh, get a maybe more balanced view of Halloween because, again, we go to two different extremes. Sometimes Christians are very extreme on one thing or the other, and I hope that brings a balanced perspective of Halloween. Uh, I hope this helped you, uh, and uh, God bless you guys. I hope to see you back here on here next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.